Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Mel King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. You know how we feel about Alan, how respected he is in the building, but to get into specifics on his contract, you guys also know I'm not going to get into that. Um, in regards to the franchise tag, I would just say everything's on the table. You know, the league the league gives us tools for a reason, but right now uh, we're just going to keep all those talks internal out of respect to Alan, out of respect to his agent. Uh, I just think those are best just hot, handled in a private manner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. Ryan Pace say nothing per usual. Joe Ostrowski with you. Sports Radio 670 The Score. Thanks for hanging out on this Tuesday evening. Congrats to Zach Levine, an all-star for the NBA game for the first time in his career. Congrats to him. Well-deserved. Broadcasting live from The Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. We do have open phone lines here. Uh, I, I want to react because I thought Brad Spielberger hit on a few very key points, and he understands the salary cap uh, better than most of us and what the Bears could do and what the real options are. And can we just stop with the Watson? Yeah, I, I dream of it too. But look at the other teams in the mix and look at the assets the Bears have. Defensive starters, guys, are not assets teams are looking for. Okay, Not as your top selling point. It's high draft picks so they can get their next quarterback if they decide to move on from Watson. However, the Texans are saying they're not trading Watson. Russell Wilson came out and criticized his team. I don't think he's going to force his way out, but it's interesting. Cowboys are still waiting on some Dak news. What are you waiting on? Are you worried about that injury? Aaron Rodgers, he ain't going anywhere. So we're left with the Bears without assets to make a big move. And I think you're going to see some a good amount, maybe not as much as it was hyped up, but a good amount of quarterback movement with some deals and some very, very desperate teams for the most important position in sports. But let's start with the QB part. And just understanding the Bears cap situation and how they want to keep that defense together. And they've spent so much money on that defense, they still think they can win. Remember, the the employment of the head coach and the general manager is on the line. Bears management told us they need to be better than 8-8. Eight eight. Uh, that's going to be tough to do this season with the schedule, if you took a look at that already. Road games, they're all hard. All of them difficult. 
So what are you doing in addition to Nick Foles? Are you drafting someone at 20 overall? Can that be the only move? Probably not. You can't put yourself in a position where all training camp, it's known QB1 is Nick Foles. Based off what we saw last season, you can't do that. You got to bring something else in. Maybe you bring two quarterbacks. You draft someone, but you also have to bring in someone else. He brought up the ideas of Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's kind of a Band-Aid. Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. How hilarious is this? Look at two, Look at all these names, especially uh, Fitzpatrick and Jameis. Well, Mariota, too. They've been available in the past. And were the Bears interested in interested in them? No. No. 847 Texter bring this brings this up. Great points. If Pace trades for Mariota, could have signed him with zero trade compensation and for 10 mil guaranteed last last year. But he elected to trade for Foles. If driving Negan and Pace are driving around in a cul-de-sac looking at a fold-out map in 2020. Grid Iron Assassin. Thanks, Grid. Yep. <laughs> yep. I think they removed five tons of snow from my cul-de-sac today. In a matter of 20 minutes this morning. It's amazing to watch the amount of snow that collected in the cul-de-sac over the last few weeks. That would be hilarious. Just how many times they're trying to go back and fix their mistakes, but with the quarterback one? How many times are you going to pass on these guys? Oh, wait, now he's good. I saw some. I liked what I saw in another team and another coach. Now I'm in. Now I'm in. Well, I, I'll say this. If I was Ryan Pace... I understood if they were going to make the Wentz move, actually. And he was going to give up assets for the future because what do I care? What do I care? If Carson Wentz is bad, team has a poor record, I'm fired. So what do I care if the next general manager has a first-round pick or not? So if they would have taken a big swing on Wentz, I would have understand understood it. And it would be a high-variance move. It could... Uh, Get everyone fired, burn it all down at 1920 football drive. Or there is the slim possibility that he's a Pro Bowl caliber player still. It's still there. Slim possibility. So just the thought process. I don't know when it went wrong, if it was because of the stories that Doug Peterson told Matt Nagy about the relationship or lack thereof that he had with Carson Wentz or that Wentz didn't want to go to the Bears. I don't know what it was, but it went sour at some point. They were obviously talking. There was obvious interest. Now, overall, I'm pretty happy they didn't make the move and mortgage the future because the 2022 first-round draft pick could be top five. Yeah, 2021 can be an absolute train wreck. That could happen. So I'm happy so far they have not traded away. If you're trading away a first-round pick, it better be for one of the names that nobody thought you could get. 
and you're stable at the position the next five to ten years. It better be one of those dudes. Mariota, Jameis, Fitzpatrick. Yeah, probably. That's probably what's going to happen. And you draft a guy because you have to. He's drafted one guy in six years. Loves to talk about the quarterback being an issue, but he's drafted one. And you know his name. I don't understand the Allen Robinson angle. I don't understand why a deal isn't done. Come on. So we're talking just money wise. I'm assuming A Rob isn't demanding more, but money wise, like all the numbers line up. Yeah, pay him like Cooper got paid in Dallas. Pay him like Keenan Allen got paid with the Chargers. He's earned it. Thirty-two to forty million guaranteed, around twenty million dollars per year. What's the problem? Still a lot of good years left, and A Rob has never had an average quarterback. I'm not saying quality. I'm not saying top 10. I'm saying he's never have had an average quarterback, and look at what he's been able to do. So what are we doing here? Don't you guys want A-Rob on your offense? Help you win a few extra games? You need to win as many games as possible, or you're getting fired. What's the problem? You're worried about locking him up for too long for the next general manager? I don't understand it. And it's going to help your cap situation for this season. It leads you to believe that somebody over there is just not a big fan of him. I, I don't get what you're waiting on at all. 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. Jim in Aurora is on Sports Radio 670. The score with Joe Ostrowski. Good evening, Jim. Good evening. Um, all of this, every situation we have is all at Pace's feet. You've drafted two tight ends over one quarterback, okay? Komet, he's going to be out of this league in a year if he doesn't learn how to handle the ball. How many bobbles does he have? A-Rob goes up north. He's a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Do you replace Trubisky? Who are you going to replace him with? These are these are stopgats. These are band-aids. If you bring a rookie quarterback mm-hmm. in, you might as well throw the next year away. And basically, that what are they going to do? They are going to throw the year away. And this is all Pace's fault. All of it. Yep. I don't disagree with any of that, Jim. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, Cole Komet, I'm willing to give him more time. I don't want to overreact to one year. Look at the history of that position. It takes two to three years for those guys to develop. Understand your concerns. Yeah, we saw some issues with the drops. I think he'll be fine. Now, they forced themselves into that pick. They they figured, we have to take a tight end with our first pick, and that's exactly what they did. Hopefully, Komet can be a, a quality contributor for a long period of time. Trubisky's gone. You said, what are they going to do to replace him? I don't know, but Trubisky's gone. I've been seeing people float this idea. Well, what about bringing Trubisky back over the last week or so? As it's been, no, 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 that ain't happening. Well, this plan ain't happening. How about plan D, E, or F? Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Well, just bring Trubisky back. Guys, are we paying attention? Listen to what the head coach has to say about that guy. Do you remember what he said before the season started? That he needs to know the offense better than I do? Message sent. Not received on the other side. That is not the case. We saw that play out this season. He's done with Trubisky. He's been done with Trubisky for two years. 
and they collaborate. So they're telling us that Matt Nagy has a say, just as big of a say, if not more than Ryan Pace at this point. The Nick Foles move, whose call do you think that was? That was Matt Nagy. If you want to put that on Matt Nagy's record, I'm fine. I'll agree with you there. That was his call. He had experience with him, brought in a bunch of coaches that worked with Foles in the past. It was a terrible move. And I don't think it's going to get better this season. So whichever move they make, drafting a guy, trade, free agency, maybe they do a couple of those things. Just remember, it's going to be Matt Nagy's call, along with Ryan Pace, because they collaborate. But Trubisky's gone. He's not coming back, guys. If you're a fan, sorry, that's over. If you can't stand the dude, you got your wish. They're finally moving on, which I don't know how you can really argue here. Band-Aids, yeah. Yeah, they're looking for a Band-Aid. Do you know why they need a Band-Aid? Do you know why? Because they're all lost, just like George. They don't know what to do, and they have no plan at quarterback. See, this is why people torch Trubisky, and it's valid. He set this organization so far back. He was the plan. He was the only plan. Look how long it's taken them, even though they haven't done it officially. Look how long it's taken them to move on from Trubisky. They have no plan at the position. Your plan for last year was hopefully Nick Foles or Trubisky works. That's not a plan. So what are you going to do now? I don't think they know. They're going one by one down the list. And I think they keep getting rejected. Because they have no assets. They spent all their money on defense. People are mad at the text lines that I'm being pessimistic. Okay, give me a reason to be optimistic about the quarterback position. It's only everything in the NFL right now. Are you paying attention to the league? It's everything. What are they going to do? If you can fool the Texans into give me four or five first-rounders for your quarterback, I'm in. If you could somehow get Dak here, cool. Russ, awesome. This is not going to happen. And you trust these guys? Okay, good. I'd love to know why you trust them to select your next quarterback. It's probably going to be rough, and it's going to be a band-aid situation because that's what's available in free agency. That's how this league works. Get these one-year tryouts, and then we'll see if you get paid like Teddy Bridgewater did with Carolina. That's how it goes. That's why I need to draft and develop, and he's drafted one, and it was one of the biggest bombs that we've seen in recent memory in the top of the draft. Sorry. Got to face reality at some point. 312-644-6767. I'm Joe Ostrowski. You've got Sports Radio 670, the score in the radio.com app. This is Sports Radio 670, the score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. I'm going to tell you something. Don't let, the kind of go, dude, don't let those kind of dudes go. 
You can't let those dudes go. You need dudes like that in your locker room. Dudes like that, the fighters like that, they help they, and make other people fight. You've got to keep fighters in your locker room. As Michael Irvin here on 670, the score with Parkinson Spiegel saying, hey, you got to keep A-Rob. A-Rob coming off career best, 102 catches, 1,250 yards and six touchdowns. That 102 receptions after a 98-catch season with terrible quarterbacks. I agree with Irvin there. Again, the only case that I think you can make is the Bears have been a terrible offense with Allen Robinson, so what are you really losing if you move on? It's not the same as Zach Levine, but how do you get better by moving on from Allen Robinson? How do you get better? You don't. You get a lot worse. I liked what we saw out of Mooney. Good value pick. Fifth round. But Mooney isn't ready For wide receiver one? Maybe not wide receiver two right now at this stage. Just remember after the first year what you thought Anthony Miller was going to be. You don't know. You don't get better. You definitely get worse when Allen Robinson is not part of the offense. Then you're dead last in every category if you don't have A-Rob. 312-644-6767. Tony and Homer Glenn is on 670. The score with Joe Ostrowski. Hey, Tony. Hey, Joe. Well, listen, I, I think it's only one of two options. Both are completely viable concepts. The mm-hmm. first is that the Bears are the most backward organization in all of sports, and the reason you could probably support that is because what you're saying about A-Rob, like you said about the fact that they have no plan, they have no draft capital. The Bears knew that there was no way they were going to be able to turn this thing around in one offseason with what they had at their feet. You didn't have a quarterback. You don't have two tackles. You don't have a second wide receiver. Looks like you might not even have a first wide receiver. You don't have a draft pick. Or the yeah. second is that the Bears are doing what they have done in the past, and and this is just as viable. They aren't going to pay another coach two years not to be coaching and a GM one year, and they're just being cheap about it. I mean, what other possible plausible explanation you have? You, you couldn't have been fooled saying that you didn't know what you had sitting there. Thanks for the call, Tony. This happens a lot in this league, a lot. You go 8-8, eight and eight, and you back it up with 8-8, eight and eight, and year three, burn it down. It's a mess. You know where we saw that this year? Atlanta. Atlanta. They fired their head coach, what, after a month? That could be what we're witnessing this upcoming season. Just trying to get by. Um, Here, look. They don't know how to draft and develop offense, and that's a problem with an offensive-minded head coach. And they, they thought over the last couple of years that a championship window was open for this defense, and they were wrong. They're dead wrong on that. Are they going to bounce back to top five? That's what they need to happen if they want to be in the mix, fighting for the top of the NFC North this year. The defense has to be top five. They spent all that money. That's where the playmakers are at. They're on defense. They aren't on offense. The only playmaker they have is Allen Robinson, and we don't even know if he's going to be here. Sandy in the West Burbs is on 670, the score. Hey, Sandy. Howdy. 
All right, I got two questions for you or two things for you to learn me about. My first one is, and I know he ain't coming back, but I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it have made more sense with Mr. Trubisky's win-loss record and Nick Foles' win-loss record and the youth of Trubisky and his mobility to keep him as the backup, release Nick Foles, look for a new starter? My next thought is, instead of looking for all these veterans who are going to want too much money, why don't you look for somebody who might be sitting on the bench, played a few games, and had the chance to show that they could do it if given the opportunity? I'm thinking of somebody like Beathard. I don't know if his name is pronounced Beathard or Bethard. Bethard, yeah. Bethard, okay. And then Drew Brees, that's how they found Drew Brees. So I know it's a longer shot, but it would be less money, and he showed well. So I'm going to hang up and just listen to your opinions on these questions, and thank you for listening to me. I appreciate uh, you checking in, Sandy. I appreciate everyone uh, not only listening but participating in the show and giving us a call at 312-644-6767. In a vacuum, yes, Trubisky was better last year than Nick Foles. Absolutely was. For some reason, Matt Nagy does not want to uh, create a game plan around what Trubisky does best. He doesn't want to get him on the move, even though he's more accurate in bootleg. He doesn't want to use his legs as part of the offense, even though that's his biggest threat. And I don't get it. I don't know why he's trying to force him to be a specific kind of quarterback, but that's what he's done over the last couple of years. A veteran backup that has, hasn't had an opportunity. Yeah, we've seen... Uh, you know, some flashes with Beathard in San Francisco. Niners are going to make a move here. They're a team to watch out for in the NFC because they're all of their star players on defense were injured last year. So they're going to be healthy going into the season, and they're going to make a move at quarterback. doesn't look like they're going to have Garoppolo there. A lot of chatter about Matt Ryan because there's uh, the history with Shanahan, but they're going to do something there. If they get Deshaun Watson... Which is possible? Oh man, will those Super Bowl odds change? They're gonna go. They're gonna go through all these different options. I don't think Beathard is on the radar. I think we're looking at Fitzmagic, catch lightning in a bottle. He can uh, he can carry you with quality play for a month. We've seen that throughout his entire career. Maybe Jameis Winston, something like that. But I don't think Beathard's on the radar. I think most teams kind of view him as a. As a backup quarterback. Kind of like that level of play. Greg and Tinley Park is out. Greg is on 670, the score. Hey, Greg. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Long time no talk. Hey, I, I heard that there may be interested in the guy from the Jets, Sam Darnold. He's only yes. 23, USC bred. The guy, when the Jets were really, or they're still kind of crummy, when they were really crummy, he looked pretty decent. Like he had a good head on his shoulders. I, you know, I, he looks like he's got a lot of possibilities, and it may not cost him a lot to get him. Uh, the other thing I heard, you were talking about Prescott. I heard a rumor that Prescott for Khalil Mack. Did you hear that? No. <laughs> it sounds like a Bears blog made that one up. <laughs> I, I, it, 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 it sounded. I, I, I don't. I wouldn't. Prescott still needs to prove something from all his injuries. So I don't know how good he's going to be, and and I don't know if uh, you know if, if that's re- 
I don't want to lose Khalil Mack. I mean, not for something like that. But I, what do you think about Darnold? Yeah, I, I disagree with you on that Khalil Mack one. Um, but I, I just don't think the Cowboys would be interested in adding a pass rusher and giving up their quarterback. But as far as Darnold, I get the thinking. Younger guy, been in a bad situation, been Adam Gase over the last couple of years. The team was feisty. The team was feisty. He wasn't out there the entire season. And they were when they won, it was because of their defense, terrible offense. But coaches think they can change guys, that they can fix guys. That's why someone traded for Carson Wentz. That's why there was interest with the Bears there too, because John DiFilippo thought, hey, I, I had Wentz playing at a very high level in the past. We can do that again. I wouldn't hate it, but I would also go into it thinking, Darnold's probably a marginal upgrade over Trubisky. But just the idea of taking a shot on a quarterback who's been in a bad position so far in the league with all that New York pressure, terrible coach, not many pieces around him. Allen Robinson better than any weapon he's had in offense with his time in the Jets. Yeah, I would take that shot. As long as you're not giving up too many assets for the future, I absolutely would take that shot. Chris in Old Town on 670, the score, Joe Ostrowski. Hey, Chris. Hey, Joe. First-time caller here. I um, It's it's starting to drive me a little crazy that um, people in Chicago are talking like Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, they're gone after this year. These guys have proven to be pretty crafty given the fact that they're still, they're, they're still around. I think Ted Phillips... He's the big problem here. Now, my question for you is for Pace and Nagy to keep their jobs, my opinion is that it starts up front. I feel like us in Chicago here, we know our football. Their issues start up front. We need to, you know, I think the best thing we can do to recruit a quarterback right now is figure out the offensive line. I think that's the best way for Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy to keep their jobs next year because that gives them an opportunity to attract a top quarterback or want somebody to come play in Chicago. Agree or disagree? Uh, Thank you, Chris, for the phone call. I agree. And I've been bothered by the fact that the last couple of years, offensive line has been an issue, and Ryan Pace has continued to ignore it. Now, I, I know you only get so many draft picks, but why is he only taking shots on offensive linemen in the sixth and seventh round? Doesn't make any sense to me. What's the strike right there? Are you really going to hit on some guys? And every year there are injuries, just like every other NFL team, and the Bears are shocked. Oh, we've got all these backups out there. Don't blame us. We have injuries. Bad luck. No, that happens to everyone. And if you go 16 games, you don't have any injuries on the offensive line. You're extremely lucky. Extremely lucky. So, yeah, if if you can fix things up front and Montgomery can even show you some more, love it. Don't have a problem with that. You can fix the offensive line. All of a sudden, everything looks great. You see what happened in Cleveland? Baker Mayfield looked good with a new coach, didn't he? Looked pretty good. Browns won a lot of games in the postseason. Many expect them to be back. And it's not like they had all these great receivers either. Because they had a strong run game, an offensive line, and Baker cut down on the turnovers. 
then all of a sudden they're winning a lot of games. So I agree with you. I'm just not sure that the decision makers agree. Because they seem to ignore the, the offensive line. And I don't get it. I don't understand. They'd rather talk about white hair and Daniels missing games. No, keep adding. Especially on the outside. So right now you probably need help at both tackle spots. That's where we're at right now. Good stuff, guys. Appreciate you checking in on your Bears. 312-644-6767. A lot going on. Got some terrible news about Arlington Park. Uh, we'll talk to a guest about that at 8 o'clock. Looks like this might be the last year of horse racing at Arlington Park. Cody Westerland, after he talks with Zach Levine, he's going to join us at 820. But coming up next, talk some college hoops. 19 days away from Selection Sunday. Joe Osho, 670 The Score in the Radio.com app. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. Joe Osho, Sports Radio 670, The Score, broadcasting from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. Get to uh, some more Zach Levine talk, also some Bears, Arlington Park. It, uh, it appears to be a very sad day for those of you looking forward to summers at Arlington Park once again. Well, we might only have one year of racing. We'll get to that in about 15 minutes from right now. But I have my uh, daily sports betting show, BetQL Daily. It's live on the radio.com app, 9 a.m. to noon. Subscribe to the podcast. Listen to the stuff that interests you. And uh, today what I found interesting was uh, Dalen Cuff from ESPN and the ACC Network. He dropped by to talk some college hoops, uh, including how about the Illini, man. Number five overall. Maybe they end up getting a number one seed. That is certainly in the cards since they are playing in the best conference in the nation. Uh, here's my interview with uh, co-host Ryan Horvat, but our guest Dalen Cuff from ESPN today on BetQL Daily. Duke has forced us to talk about them. Everybody wanted uh, to write them off as uh, recent as just a few days ago, but on the national stage last night on ESPN, they dominate Syracuse. Uh, so, as we look at this now, are the Blue Devils not only in? Lenardi has them first four out. So I, I don't know if you would agree with your colleague Lenardi, but is Duke in? And if they make it right now, should we be talking about them uh, getting out of the first weekend? Wow. Uh, begrudgingly, yes, we have to have this discussion. Um, <laughs> they, they forced us into it. I, I, the, the question was three weeks ago why we were talking about it. It was pointless even two weeks ago, but they have played better. Um, they've had guys emerge, you know, Mark Williams, uh, talked about him a couple weeks ago when he started to break into the lineup, gives them some great energy, some offensive rebounding, helps them defensively anchor them in the back. And with Jalen Johnson gone, Williams finds more minutes at the five and, uh, Matthew Hurt plays more at the four where he's more natural playing and, uh, doesn't hurt them defensively as much and can do, can focus more on the offensive end. Um, so this team is playing better. The freshmen are playing better. They're defending a little better. So yes, they've warranted discussion. I wouldn't. I think Duke. I think their brand name has them in the first four out. If they were, you know, St. Louis, for example, with with a similar resume, six and five guys in the quad two in three games. That's not good. They've lost to a lot, a number of bad teams, um, and they're only two and three in quad one games. So they, they like their metrics aren't really good, especially when you compare them to teams like Minnesota and Maryland that are that are kind that are in on the bubble, but on the right side of the bubble that really don't have outside of maybe one bad loss. They have more quad one wins, granted more opportunities playing in the big 10. So it's the gift and the curse of Duke, the brand and Duke being in the ACC this year, because the, the league is not very good uh, relative to its past success. 
So they're able to, to rack up a few wins, um, albeit not against teams that have great resumes. But this last couple of weeks is critical. I mean, Syracuse is a bubble team, and I didn't think they were going to make it anyway, but they manhandled them. They've got a Louisville team that's, that's in the tournament right now. They've got a Georgia Tech team that's on the bubble in North Carolina, their rival who's in the tournament. So they, they can play their way in. Uh, talking about them getting to the second weekend is incredibly premature. Um, they've really played – I mean, Syracuse and Virginia, were well, they played good in those games. They played well. Uh, NC State and Wake Forest. NC State's decimated with injuries. That was a shell of a team they've been earlier in the year. Wake Forest is not very good. So of their four wins, two of them kind of made me say, okay, could this team be good? Let's just start there. And then if they can be good, how good can they be? Um, that, that remains to be seen. Talk about them in the second weekend is it, quite a stretch right now, especially given they would at best be getting a 10 or 11 seed. I mean, can you imagine they might play in a play-in game? They, may, they might be one of the last four in to play in a play-in game and, and depending on who the matchup is, they could lose that game. Well, if we're talking about Duke, we might as well talk about some of the other Blue Bloods since they're finally coming alive. Do you think Kentucky has any shot to win the SEC tournament? Because I could see, as crazy as it sounds, and as bad as Kentucky's look this year, I think they're going to get hot at the right time. I could see them making a run here and finding a way into the tournament and maybe winning the SEC tournament. Uh, the SEC tournament is the most wide-open tournament in the country, which is going to be fun. I think you know, the Big Ten's you know, chaotic, but the Big Ten has still got really good teams. So I think you could pick one of the really good teams is going to win that. From the SEC standpoint, it could be Alabama has separated themselves, but but you know if they have one off night, and their LSU is one of the best offensive teams in the country. To your point about Kentucky, though, uh, no, I don't think Kentucky wins the tournament. As much as I just said, I think it can be completely wide open. I don't think those that that young group can put together the performances they're going to have to do consistently four straight days to to win that tournament. If I'm putting money on an outsider, it's more of an LSU type situation uh potentially missouri if they start to get right now that jeremiah tillman is back after missing a couple games unfortunately due to a due to a death in the family arkansas is a team that could could do it as well um but i don't think kentucky has what it takes they played well no they played better in the last couple games i think they caught a tennessee team that's incredibly uh enigmatic i mean they, they, they we know they can defend what we knew um the lsu game they did not defend the first half of the kentucky game they, they didn't keep guys out of lane they were able to drive and kick and davion mince is making threes and Tennessee can't score. That we do know, and that's been consistent. They've got great freshmen in Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer. But, again, when you're relying on freshmen to win you tournament games, it just doesn't work out in recent years. We look at the numbers. Last five years, only one team that had a freshman play major minutes got to the Final Four, even got to the Final Four, and that was Cameron Crutway with Loyola Chicago. So, like, that, like winning with freshmen in tournament time, and that includes in the SEC tournament in any type of setting like that, I'm not putting all my you know eggs in that basket, and particularly with that Kentucky team, I think they still have a major flaws despite playing better as of last week and a half or so. It's BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network with Dalen Cuff, college basketball analyst for ESPN and the ACC Network. Uh, COVID layoffs been a big part of the conversation this college basketball season, and we've got Baylor coming off a three-week layoff against Iowa State. What do you want to see from the Bears? This is the storyline of the year, guys. I mean, obviously COVID is, but how you come off these these pauses is critical. I mean, and that's we we really don't know till you see it, um, because everybody's situation is different. You got to remember, like, uh, for some teams, based on your locality, based on who actually had COVID versus whose contact tracing determines can guys go into the gym individually, can they work out at all, uh, can they get in the weight room, what can they do based on your locality, who had what, and what are the protocols within that league, within that school, within that like local jurisdiction. So everything's kind of up in the air. So we have to wait and see how things work out. From what I've heard with Baylor, a lot of those guys weren't in the gym at all for, for, for long stretches of these three weeks. So that you wonder what that looks like um, when they come back. But we've seen Florida State not do it once but twice. 
come back and look fantastic. We saw Clemson come back and look horrible. We saw Gonzaga come back and look great. So we've seen Baylor, you know, they, they had their issues earlier in the year too. And so I think it's a matter of what was the situation. We'll see. You, the opponent always helps as well. Baylor's playing Iowa State, an Iowa State team that's got a lot of issues and has been, you know, that's when you're when you're struggling that bad, there's the light at the end of the tunnel means we're almost done. We're done getting our brains beat in. I think Iowa State, you know, encroaching on that territory. Um, so I think that that will be telling just how what Baylor looks like. The thing about their team, though, is defensively is how they're built. They're outstanding offensively and the, with the guards. They're very efficient as well. But they can just grind a game if they have to. They can win on the defensive end, which they always do. So I think we'll see how their legs hold up. And no matter what, it's going to be hard for Iowa State to score. They win this game. The question more so is just how do they look within doing it and how they look in the next week or two as they build back to trying to – they're still a championship caliber team, obviously. We just want to see where they're at coming off the, the pause and how they, how they look in the next week or two. Kansas has been playing really good basketball. They've won five straight games. Uh, do you expect Texas to bounce back tonight against Kansas? They blew that 19-point lead this weekend to West Virginia. Tough loss for them. What do you expect in this one tonight? Well, guys, it wasn't just the, the blown lead. It was the blow-up between Courtney Ramey and, and Andrew Jones. I mean, those are two senior guards that are – and that wasn't just like your old, you know, hold me back, I want to fight you. Like, Ramey was pissed. Like, Ramey was losing his – I mean, he, he, was, he was incensed. So, so that, that made – the ability for them to get back together as a group, and I do believe because they're senior-led and Shaka's a great coach and a high-character guy, kind of bring everybody together, air it out, and figure the situation out, and, and then refocus on us as a team. Like, this is We have championship aspirations in our conference, and, and before they went through their COVID issues, they were a national championship contender in my mind because of their length, because of how they guard, because of their senior guards, because of their versatility defensively. They've got all these different aspects. So, And remember, they played at Fog Allen earlier this year, that's when they were playing the best and Kansas was struggling. They throttled Kansas. And it was 84 to 59. It was the worst loss in fog in almost 30 years. It was, they, they dismantled that team. So it's still not a great matchup for Kansas because Kansas, their guards aren't able to definitely break these guys down. David McCormick's been playing a lot better, but Jericho Sims is one of the more versatile bigs in the country in terms of defense, defending him. Um, but I'm interested to see how, the, how, how Kansas, how Texas bounces back, what they look like early in the game. And is this, is this all this stuff behind them? And if they can kind of start to build out of their defense again, which they did early in the year, and if KU is able to, to use McCormick and, and be able to score through him like they have recently, they've defended well as well. Um, but it's a, it's a really important game for both teams. I mean, Kansas, I don't think they're a national championship contender, but they could build into a team that could get to your second weekend, stretch to an Elite Eight, I would think, just because they have, again, those limit, limitations offensively with, with nobody just makes the game really easy for anybody else, which we've been come, you know, common to see for Kansas in years past. Um, so I still think that they're, they're, they're a good team that's trending in the right direction, but this is a tough matchup for them. I think this is an interesting game as we project out and if Texas, you know, kind of gets their, their stuff straight and can put that loss in that, in that dust up behind them. Uh, I think they are the better team. Let's see if they can show it tonight. A uh, pretty big matchup for uh, each team for their own motivations here in the Big Ten, Dalen. Illinois is favored by seven against Michigan State. The Illini uh, b- back uh, with the elite teams in the uh, in college basketball. It's uh, here in Illinois. People are just over the moon about it here. But uh, Illini hoping to get a one seed. And then Sparty just wants to make the tournament. But it is a tough stretch to finish out the season. How do you gauge this matchup? Uh Party's in trouble. I mean, your your yeah. your your fans in Illinois should be uh, really excited about the prospects of their season in terms of winning a national championship. I think they've, um, is is the guy we all they all hoped he would be when he came to school, and he's improved on the court. He's improved as a leader. Uh, he's the best closer in college basketball when the ball is in his hands late. There's no, but there's really nobody in the country I would want to have the ball in their hands more so than Iodesumu. 
Uh, it's not just the scoring, it's the decision-making. It's his desire to rise into the, in those big moments. A uh, couple with Kofi Coburn, obviously, inside. One of the best one-two combos in terms of inside and outside in the country. The freshmen are, are, have played better and have played well. Um, and I think, you know, Trent Frazier is a guy that continues to give you, you know, kind of big minutes and big moments at times. Um, so Illinois, I think, is a team that is not only Trent, but they're, they're, they are doing what you want to do right now. And you just hope they don't have any COVID issues because they are, you want to plan your best as you hit the end of February. And that's exactly where they're at right now. Um, and whereas Michigan State, I mean, they're, they're not making the tournament. There's just, I mean, that, that is the gift and the curse in the Big Ten. You have all these opportunities to play really good teams, but to improve your resume, you got to beat really good teams. Now, beating Indiana was huge for them just to stay even somewhat in the or even somewhat in the discussion. But for Indiana, it was, it was kind of a heartbreaker. But when you got Illinois, Ohio State coming up, uh, Michigan twice, I mean, th th it's, it's not going to end well for Sparty. Uh, it's been an unfortunate year for them. Their COVID issues were a problem. Their talent level is not what we're used to seeing. Rocket Watts has not emerged like they had hoped. Josh Langford, feel horrible for him, for that young man. All the injuries he's dealt with in his career never got to become the player we all thought he would be. Uh, Aaron Henry's shown flashes, but they just don't have the pieces. They're just not a very good team. Again, this is all relative to past success. We're talking about these blue bloods. They, they look at themselves, and rightfully so. They think about league championships and national championships, whether it's Michigan State, Duke, Kentucky, any one of them. Pick one. Kansas. That was ESPN's Dalen Cuff with me on my digital show, BetQL Daily, live on the Radio.com app. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Radio.com. A lot of fun every day. We do it for three hours, 9 a.m. to noon, and uh, looking up at the scoreboard, number five, Illinois, trailing a desperate Michigan State team, 64-60, to 60, about seven minutes left in regulation. I'll keep you updated right here on the score, let you know uh, what goes down there. Got some bad news about Arlington Park today. It was the inevitable. Pretty much made official. It sounds like uh, horse racing won't be uh, around for much longer. We're going to talk about it with Steve Bittenbender next. And at 820, Cody Westerlin on Zach Levine being an all-star. All that coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. I'm Joe Ostrowski. You've got 670, the score in the radio.com app. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.